Hello and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. Today's episode is entitled God of Grace and we're looking at Genesis chapter 6 and verses 5 to 10. Let's come to our God in prayer. Lord, indeed, you are a God of grace. This makes our hearts sing, makes our hearts leap up because you are a good and gracious God. Lord, we don't deserve your grace, but nevertheless we rejoice in it. We exalt you for your glorious grace. We pray this morning that you would come to us by your grace or this evening or this afternoon, whenever we are listening to this, come to us, O Lord, good and gracious God, by the Holy Spirit. Give us eyes to see the truth of your word and especially today, may our eyes be opened to the all-pervasive nature of your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Genesis chapter 6 and verses 5 to 10. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. And so the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So what are we to make of this? Well, sometimes people wrongly seek to contrast the Old Testament with the New Testament. The narrative goes something like this. The New Testament is about grace and love, and it's wonderful. And the Old Testament, so people say, well, there doesn't seem to be a lot of grace and mercy. Rather, there are rules and regulations, and it's about effort and toil. The account of Noah is sometimes thought of in this way. Why did God love Noah? Well, people assume that God loved him because he was better than anyone else, because he was more lovable than anyone else. It's especially pervasive in Sunday school literature, I think. You may recognise the way that the story can be told. Noah was a very, very good man. God loved him for it, and we need to be very good too. But that is not 
the gospel of grace. I want to convince you today that neither is it the Old Testament and neither is it Genesis 6. We mistakenly think that Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord because he was a righteous man. But that's not what the text says. The key is at the beginning of verse 9. This is a formula which comes up at regular intervals in Genesis. This is the account of, and then whoever it may be, and their family. In this case, this is the account of Noah and his family. And scholars call this formulation a Toledoth sign. It comes from the Hebrew word Toledoth that is translated account in our Bibles and in older translations might be translated generations. So this is the account, this is the Toledoth of Noah and his family. And it always ends one section and begins another. This is the point. It breaks Genesis into different sections. It's a really important marker in the book, signalling the end of one story and the beginning of another. Now read the text freshly with the Toledoth sign very clearly in mind. Verse 8, Noah found favour, that is grace, in the eyes of the Lord. End of section, break, end of story, and the beginning of a new one. Verse 9, the Toledoth sign, this is the account of Noah and his family, and then, and only then, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. That wonderful echo of Enoch that we saw in yesterday's reading. Do you get the point here? God's grace comes first. God's favour is on Noah way before we see him living a righteous life. It's not surprising that he's righteous. He's an object of God's grace which forgives, restores, and transformed. There's nothing moralistic about this at all. Noah is not saved by works, not saved by human effort, not saved by his own goodness, by following rules and regulations, or anything like that. He is saved by God's grace. God's favour is upon him. God's forgiving grace, God's healing grace, and God's transforming grace. It is by the grace of God that Noah is able to walk with his Lord. God's saving grace is seen perfectly in Jesus, and that's how his grace comes to us. But we don't have to wait until the New Testament to see it. As someone has said, the new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. Here concealed, in fact it's hidden in plain sight, in the Old Testament is God's amazing grace to Noah. Two applications from today. First of all, I want to encourage you to be confident in the Old Testament 
perhaps we're only half the Christians we could be because we only have half a Bible. Rather, we have two Testaments and one Bible, and we need to get in to the Old Testament. There is treasure here for us that leads us forward in our Christian lives, that helps us to depend more and more on God's grace that restores and transforms. There is instruction for daily living. There is help on the road of discipleship. Therefore, be confident in the Old Testament. Dig into it and hear God speaking to you from it. And the second application is to rejoice. God always deals with us by his grace. If you have a teaching role, perhaps in junior church, perhaps in a small group, always make sure that this is the keynote. And as we share the wonderful good news with others day by day, the extraordinary message that we have is one of grace from first to last. The bad news, if we can call it that, is that we can never work our way to God. We can never earn his favour. The amazing, wonderful, outrageous, brilliant good news is that we don't have to. The Old Testament and the New Testament agree. God has done it all. Let's come before God and praise him for his grace. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. Think of the words of the hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Lord, thank you that as Christians we can sing that, and thank you that Noah could have sung that, if it had been written for his time, because he was saved only by the grace of God, only by your amazing favour. We thank you, O Lord, for your grace that is writ large not just in the New Testament, but in the Old. We worship you that we are objects of your grace. And we pray that your Saving grace would almost always be front and centre in our thinking and in our lives. And Lord, that your transforming grace would be at work in us now. Help us to walk with you faithfully by your grace, even as Noah did. And Lord, reflecting your grace, we don't want to pray just for ourselves, but for other Christian disciples that we know perhaps those in our small group, perhaps those in an accountability group that we meet in, such as an Inspire Band, perhaps those that we know in our family or among our friends, other disciples on the way. Lord, we pray that they would know your forgiving grace today and your transforming grace, working in their lives by the Holy Spirit, changing them, from the inside out. Lord, we praise you for your outrageous grace and we ask that we would know that grace day by day and week by week. We thank you, we praise you 
in Jesus' name. Amen.